Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Three dead police officers, one critically injured. Give me all your money, bookworm. Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Perfect, transferring in from Metro South. Get your armor and suit up. Glad to know you, Murphy. Cops don't like me. I don't like the cops. We need a 24-hour-a-day police officer. A cop who doesn't need to eat or sleep. A cop with superior firepower. He needs a car. Thank you. What are your prime directives? Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. Anything you say may be used against you. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. My name is Armand and I'll be your guide as we go to the Grindhouse Theater to explore the strange, the thrilling, and the exotic. Joining me today are the hosts of the film podcast, First Prize Films. I have Blake and Dave, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, uh, thanks we're for excited to be us. here. Yeah, prepare for a terrible episode from us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that. So, yeah, I listened to your show. I really like the dynamic between you two. And before we get into the film that brought us together today, could you tell our listeners more about your show? Yeah, um, our show is called First Prize Films. We're an independent comedy podcast where Dave and I, we take two films of the same genre, separated by at least a decade, and we pit them against each other. 
Uh, it's competition based, but honestly, I'm uh, kind of just trying to make Dave pee his pants a little bit uh, <laughs> on on microphone. So, <laughs> yeah, so we we love genre films, so we like to to get in and we talk about different genres each week, and yeah, we just love movies and we like hanging out with each other. So, well, well let's calm down on that. Like hanging <laughs> out with each other part. <laughs> it's a one way thing, kind of, but you know, Dave's my prisoner at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Did uh did Blake rope you into this at all? Sounds well, like I think did. it's technically the other way around. I was like, dude, let's do a podcast. And he was like, ah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I came on begrudgingly and then I took it over. And uh, <laughs> it's like know. an invasive species, you know, a plant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'm fine with it, though. <laughs> you know, comedy really brings us together as well as film. I mean, we're on a film podcast right now. Like mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. brings us together. So I have to ask, like, like, what's your go-to genre? Oh, yeah, Dave, that's I'm different for both of us. Yeah, <laughs> way different. Um, well, it's it's funny you ask because uh, back in the day, I would have just went straight into action or comedy. But after uh, being forced into uh, watching some of the weirdest films I've ever seen in my life because of Blake, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say that uh, some of these more uh, art movies, uh, especially some of these horror films, uh, have kind of taken a nice little place in my heart. I think for me, the I, I was grew up as a horror fan uh, for sure, and I've become more more jaded as I've gotten older, and so I find my taste skewing weirder and weirder. Uh, but I think if I were to nail down a, a genre that I find myself always attaching to, it's psychological thrillers or psychological mm. horror. Oh yeah. Um, but I love tropey movies. I love B movies. <laughs> Uh, and that's kind of the conceit about this. Uh, mm-hmm. We like to watch movies and, you know, crack jokes at each other. Even if we love movies, we never want to come in like just to make fun of or like talk down on movies or anything. We we right. love them so much, but we also uh, can't help but, you know, joke around <laughs> about them. So, <laughs> yeah, I, right. I'd say psychological thrillers and horrors, but also I have found myself really interested more so in like sci-fi leaning things lately. Oh, so. yeah. It yep. changes. It changes. It changes. So it sounds like you're a A24 aficionado. If I were to pin you down to some sort of uh, genre, if you will. Listen, don't typecast me, but also, yes, you're correct. <laughs> 100% yes. Because <laughs> I hear, you know, I, I really, I grew up on horror. I like psychological thrillers. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, sounds like hereditary to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We actually went and saw uh, Midsummer together, and uh, he was. We were actually we were both blown away by it. But yeah, you 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 nailed that one on the head there. <laughs> I take Dave to see the weirdest shit I can possibly imagine, thinking he's going to hate it every time. I'm like, I'm going to put Dave through this one, and you surprised me to your credit, man. You've come out of a number of these, being like, "Hey, I like that." I'm like, "Dang it! I wanted you to be mad at me a little bit." <laughs> So, yeah. you know, Dave, you're a trooper because yeah, like, I do what I can. I have like my film friends and we go like we went to see Midsummer, and coincidentally, I was supposed to hang out with my other friend who isn't really into mill uh, into into film at all. So I was like, you know what? Come with us. I was, you know, you should see a movie. And he's like, okay. So we go see Midsummer, <laughs> and he doesn't really like horror movies to begin with. So he sees this and it's you know it opens up very intense and then the film gets weirder and weirder and then this cathartic end with danny as the building's on fire and then it ends creds roll and he turns to me and it's like what the fuck did we just watch 
It's like, what is wrong with you? So it's like a three-hour joke uh, for me. And his reaction was like the punchline. <laughs> that's kind of what happened when me and Blake saw the lighthouse. Oh, that really? is true, actually. That's that's a great example. Uh, I was like, man, I'm going to really fuck Dave up with this one. I can't wait. And we both laughed. And he was like, he's like, man, I think I really like that. You, you talked for like 30 minutes uninterrupted. And I was like, well, I don't know my audience anymore. <laughs> so, Oh, my God. That's amazing. So I hope it, you don't have those sentiments with this film. So we saw RoboCop today. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... You know, this was your recommendation, uh, you two, because like I presented you a list. I was like, here's some like great grindhousey movies, and one of them yeah. being Robocop. So what drew you towards Robocop? Uh, if you don't mind me taking the, the reins here, Dave, when we no, got absolutely. this list, Dave was like, what do you think? And my eyes immediately went to Robocop. Uh we've been on our podcasting journey for a number of uh months now, six, seven, eight, I don't know. I lost count of time. <laughs> uh <laughs> But what we've been really trying to do with our movie uh, battles, if you will, is also like find things that we haven't seen in a long time or revisiting things that even we didn't like before. And RoboCop, I haven't seen in a long time. And I was wondering how it was going to hold up today. Uh, we also did a, another Paul Verhoeven film on our podcast. We did Total Recall. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm definitely in this mood. Uh, my eyes went right to it. And I said, we, we have to see this. I, I fell in love with Total Recall all over again. And I was wondering if I'd have the same experience here. So that was my initial Ooh. thought. Nice little tease. What about you, Dave? Um, honestly, Blake suggested RoboCop, and I was I was all in because I forgot Schwarzenegger wasn't in this one. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yeah, another Schwarzenegger movie. And as soon as it started, I went, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. This isn't the Terminator. What's this? <laughs> Although we get some good one-liners, we get some good Arnold-worthy one-liners in this. Yes, yes we do. Yes, we do. Yeah, like for me growing up, I didn't watch RoboCop. I saw The Terminator. I saw Total Recall. But for Mm -hmm. some reason, I did not see RoboCop. I just heard of the legend of RoboCop. You know, like he's like the way he walks and his armor and like, you know, this uh, present day Detroit, uh, you know, they just went out and just filmed it. That's how it is. And... So, like, I saw the remake when it came out in 2012, and that was my first introduction to RoboCop. Oh, boy. Like, you you recoiled. And (laughs) watching it, and I remember I I went to theaters and I watched it, and I thought it was all right. I was like, I don't see the big deal. It's like a sci-fi thriller. However, watching this for the first time, um, I was blown away because, like, I was expecting an action movie. I was expecting sort of a sci-fi shooter. And what it was, which I was very surprised, it's a satire. Mm-hmm. It's a satire on commercialism and almost, I guess, like the military and the cops, like everything. I'm like watching. I'm like, oh, my God, this movie is amazing. Why didn't I see this sooner? Right. Totally. And that's what I think is so interesting about it. It's it's kind of unsubtle commentary, but it's effective because it's unsubtle. It's yes. very in your face. And uh, it kind of forces you to come to terms with some of the criticisms it's making. And when you're a kid, like you can enjoy this on multiple different levels when you're a kid it's 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 action robot guy and it's great but um you know as an adult it can be like oh oh i get it and you see some of this reflected in your own world and you're like oh i'm an adult and everything's terrible now uh, i get this movie <laughs> so um yeah I, I i had that a similar experience watching it again 
it's so funny because I am the moron out of the two of us. And uh, oh, don't unless, say that about yourself, Dave. Come on. Unless, we love you. Unless Blake had told me in advance it was a satire, I would not have figured that out. I'd been like, man, this is this is weird. Wow, they're showing commercials in this movie. What's happening? <laughs> what do you think was happening? <laughs> Capitalism is run amok in the eighties. This is like, man, this, this feels oddly uh relevant <laughs> <laughs> like for me i don't know about you two but like for me like i'm a designer by trade and i used to work in advertising and marketing and for years so like watching these commercials like buy this product and 555-1800 i'm like oh my god i know what they're doing <laughs> so like it, it struck a chord with me a little bit right off the bat i'm like uh, i i see what's happening here i get like, that too you, have Sorry, you guys seen ahead. the Truman Show? Yes. I love oh, the Truman yeah, show. I love the Truman Show. You see, like, the Truman Show, they also have fake advertisements, and it's like advertising run amok. And, like, <laughs> with RoboCop, it's the same thing, but, like, the inverse. It's like, instead of, like, optimizing your life to the point where it's like you're watching some dude's life on TV, it's like, this is optimizing your life to the point where the military is now the police force. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, so I'm an editor by trade, a video editor, mm. and the stuff that i've had to do and there's there's things like companies who work for that's like oh man i don't, f- I don't feel great about this <laughs> and so like some of these things that that I'm, I'm seeing i'm like oh man i think of the people behind the scenes having to, to make this stuff as well and it's just like this whole uh weird infrastructure of kind of propaganda and and like right. uh, you know, news media and things flashing yes. at you and horrible violence and gore that's just kind of written off with a smile you know <laughs> yeah i'm a mailman by trade so i uh i deliver all kinds of uh ads but also you know a lot of those um um like you know help this poor mangled dog things mm, where it's like yeah. oh yeah where so it's you like see people, the print collateral and stuff yeah yeah they, they try and get people to uh send their money in to help these dogs even though that dog's probably long gone <laughs> Rip. Yeah. Well, Dave, I'm like, glad you're here uh, to talk about <laughs> you know abused animals. This is a lot of fun. And uh, hey, you're oh welcome, God. <laughs> you know, I think that sets the mood for this movie because like <laughs> this this movie, like I I didn't know. Well, I I thought it was like going to be like an action action movie, kind of like mm-hmm. similar to the Terminator. But like going into it, I was like, oh my god, this is a satire. And not only that, it the tone. Is very interesting that you can't yes. really like pinpoint it because like there's there's sequences going off of like the commercialism aspect like when RoboCop before we really get into the film when RoboCop is RoboCop like mm-hmm. going around like there's like this propaganda piece like you were saying uh, Blake where all these kids are coming up to RoboCop's like wow you're so cool and like he's pretty much like a giant action figure and I'm watching this I'm like this is the same movie that depicted extreme gore yeah. not even like <laughs> 10 minutes ago or five minutes ago and now it's like it feels like a, a kids movie is something out of like Nickelodeon or something and I'm like <laughs> what's the what's the target demo with this movie like is it adults or is it children because like going like thinking back to like I'm not this old, but like in the 80s, I know there's like toy cartoons 
with yeah. RoboCop advertising this to children. I'm like, what mm-hmm. is happening? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say when you were talking about that. They they had RoboCop toys for children. They had they things totally advertised did. for children. And I kind of had that in the back of my head as I'm watching this. I'm like, this is a horrible nightmare. <laughs> and you're, hey, kids, RoboCop's here. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So yeah, I, I think a special time. Yeah, like, it's just so weird because, like, I think this movie, like, prompted a lot of, like, I don't know if it's, like, censor groups, but it's, like, okay, clearly there needs to be a division, a dividing line between, like, adult entertainment and then stuff targeted (laughs) towards kids. Because, like, in the 80s, you had so many franchises that were, like, for adults, like, the movie is for adults, and then there's a toy line for it. Yeah. (laughs) It's so wild. I mean, even, like, I'm... I was born in 1990 and my older brother, he's a handful of years older than me. I remember growing up and he had Terminator 2 toys where Arnold Schwarzenegger can can murder, you know, your dinosaur action figures. He can come and he can, you know, he can stab your cowboys that you have as well. It's like, but like growing up, I'm like, I don't like this is cool. Uh, And now as an adult, it's like, oh, man, this is wild. Check out this character that could turn you into bloody Swiss cheese. (laughs) Exactly. Now with Kung Fu Grip. Press the button now to hear Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> wow, mommy, I want that toy. <laughs> Same thing with Robocop. Probably had like his arms popping out, like breaking a brick wall. I could just think of the commercials right now. Hey, mommy, I want to blow away the drug dealers in the neighborhood. <laughs> you got it, Timmy. Get the drug dealer action uh, expansion with like little white bags of cocaine. <laughs> I mean, I would love that. <laughs> oh, Fun for God. the whole family. <laughs> oh exactly. my God. Yeah, but like that was my first impression with like Robocop, where it's like going into it, I, I know like the history. I know this was like. It's like this weird mixed bag of like extreme gore with the awesome squib special effects when people are getting shot. And then like there's a toy line with it. Like that was my introduction to the series. And then watching it, I'm like, this movie says so much. Like, were you shocked? Were you like blown away with like the subtext of it? Oh, my gosh. I I think I watched this twice because I, I loved it so much. I watched it really late one night. And I think the next day I put it on again because it was it feels very prescient, you know, even in however many years later, 30 right. plus years later, it feels so prescient in the way of well, depressingly as, as well as knowing that things <laughs> haven't really ch- ch- changed enough or too much, you know, and, and not to get too deep into the political aspect of it. But, you know, everything about it, uh, besides the political stuff, but also Murphy, his arc of he's kind of generic cop guy to start and then after he becomes robocop there's his arc of finding out who he is as a human below that um and i found that really 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 interesting and that really affecting emotionally um as well like relating to that getting so buried in your work that you become your work and you have to kind of claw your way back out of that um and this seems like a real visual metaphor for that that just needled its way into the back of my brain to where I, i had to see it again yeah i had um I think the 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 the, the subtext that hit me the most in a, in, a, in a, like an aggravating way, but <clears throat> was the uh, the capitalist uh, aspect of it, where it's like, hey, um, my idea is going to make us the most money, 
even though you know my idea is a nightmare version of iron man that kills everyone no matter what happens and (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah so that that was that was what caught me the most but again i'm the moron so that's all i got (laughs) (laughs) you are more than just the moron you're our lovable moron (laughs) (laughs) won't you ever talk down to yourself yes dad blake <laughs> yes, dead, 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 daddy. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, like with this film, like you two are like nailing it on the head because, like, um, there's this essence of like the military industrial complex where it's like we're creating, we're trying to optimize like these killing machines. And in this post apocalyptic future of Detroit, um, you have like crime run amok. And so, like, this corporations that I assume fund the police force, like, okay, let's build like a mech warrior uh, yeah. to combat the problem. So it's like, not like, Oh, let's, you know, shape society. Let's just like hill, you know, <laughs> yeah. the criminals. Yeah. It's, that's exactly it. It's, it's very much like what, what tools can we get to like murder people? But like legally, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, like you ran a stop sign. Uh, murder? Like maybe I don't know. Maybe it could be. We'll see how it goes. Uh, are you resisting? Uh, did you not follow my orders immediately? It's just like it's very. Uh, it just it has a lot, and it's very kind of like I mentioned in the beginning. It's very in your face about it, right? And right. It, it 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 confronts you head on, and and makes you kind of ask like, wait, is this okay? Because you're kind of cheering for these people, <laughs> and then you're like, wait, <laughs> is this like fucked up though? Like a little bit? Like, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, I a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so that that was such a, a, a kind of startling thing, and I think that's what Paul Verhoeven is really great at as a director is, is taking these concepts, almost like a uh, Dave's going to shit on me for this, but uh, like oh. a John Carpenter thing. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have, um, a, we have a history with John Carpenter on our show. We sure do, baby. Uh, but taking like a B movie, uh, you know, and elevating some of the like using subtext and elevating uh, this B movie premise for the social thing. commentary, et cetera. And, and it really stuck out to me uh, immediately like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are dancing upon the plot. I feel like we need to cross the threshold, cross the Rubicon and talk about Robocop properly. But before we do, let's talk about the elevator. Pitch. Clear of the closing door. So before we go any further, I need one of you. To summarize the plots of RoboCop within sixty seconds to someone that has never seen it before, okay, who would like to volunteer? You, we're gonna give you the trailer version of that. The trailer yeah. version, okay. In a so, world, okay. <laughs> Are you guys ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, let's start in three, two, one, go. When an overconfident cop named Murphy transfers to a new precinct in Detroit, in Detroit rather, he gets his limbs blown off on day one. With the help of greedy 80s yuppies in ill-fitting suits and a corporate monolith known as Omni Consumer Products, Murphy is rebuilt against his will. He is now Metal Gun Security Guy, otherwise known as RoboCop. Watch as he fights crime, brutally murders bad guys, but also plays with children. Things are going great until one day they aren't. RoboCop's new mission objective? Find the men who murdered them, you know, the first time, and then murder them back. Besides his lack of social skills, what will RoboCop discover on his journey for truth and justice? That is amazing. Yeah, I mean, you really sold me on this movie. And I just realized <laughs> that RoboCop is almost like... 
the Terminator version of Paul Blart. <laughs> That's hilarious. Robot I called security. him Crime Roomba. <laughs> Crime Roomba. That's amazing. Like, it's so true because, like, you take, like, I don't know if he, I mean, I guess he is a cop, uh, Detroit PD, but like after going through the horrific thing that he went through, which we're going to get into, like he just turns into like a really stately, state of the art version of like a mall cop. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of like a segue, he has like robot legs and robot arms and robot torso, (laughs) robot head. It's, oh. it's so good. He like goes on a little press tour as well. It's yes, <laughs> yes, because he's the new weapon that this corporation created. So it's kind of like uh, like either Halliburton or Lockheed and Martin. Like yeah. they're they're showing off their latest killing machine. It's like look at this awesome thing. Like, good job, everybody. And there's even sequences which like I did not expect at all of like them celebrating, getting drunk, and you know it's kind of like yeah. you know a new product release that you would see in like uh, tech companies. It's like yeah, we did it. Like created this new weapon that's gonna kill people, and it does. <laughs> Yeah, murder. <laughs> yeah, I know we'll get there, but I definitely have some thoughts on on that presentation. <laughs> yes. Yes. So let's get into the plot proper. So RoboCop. Um I man, I don't even know where to begin with this movie, but like <laughs> RoboCop. So before we even get into the suit, like we have like the man Murphy and like we see his day-to-day. We see that he has a family. We see that he has a partner. And um, I will say he's kind of like an everyday guy. He's not like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not like mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone. He's kind of like this normal cop. Like, he, there's nothing special about him until he runs with uh, the wrong people uh, led by, <laughs> you know, us being 90s kids. Like, I just see the main villain as, as Red from yeah, that 70s show. That's the first note I have. That's the first note I have. I was like, damn, no wonder he's so angry. And he's looked the same since 1987. Yes. God bless Wood Smith, man. He's awesome. And he's perfectly over the top. Yes, exactly. Like, is that aging gracefully? Like, if he just looks like he's 40 for the past 30 years? <laughs> He was 15 with with his with the bald head. He just looked that way his whole life. God bless him. That's how he hit puberty. He just lost his hair. Yeah, I guess if you just age like really, really quickly, really early, people get used to you looking 60 for the next 60 years. God, he's he's like I'm in college, and all the all the people are like, "Hello, sir." <laughs> like, I'm 18. I'm sure you are, Jenark. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, like, I just wish he had one line saying, dumbass. Like, oh, me too. <laughs> would have been, me too. Would have been the piece de resistance, I think. <laughs> yes, he just needed to call Robocop, like, dumbass. I'm going to shove my foot up your ass. <laughs> it would have been on brand with the script, too, because, like, there's some lines of dialogue. I'm like, is is this for real right now? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the Bob Morton character, played by Miguel Ferrer, uh, Yes. is so bonkers this guy is like <laughs> i i think the, it must have been like bob morton a cocaine sniffing 80s guy <laughs> in suit and just like let him run with it because that's it's, it's just yes. so wild and mustache twirlingly like evil <laughs> and uh i love it though it's but it's again like with the in your face 
approach to this film. It's perfect. All these characters are perfect. Agreed. Absolutely. Like this film, even though it was made in 1987, this felt like peak 80s because like yes. you have like corporations that felt like American psycho almost like the boardrooms yes. and like, you know, the, the three piece suits and they're all along this like long table, these board meetings and like the villains are like uh, acquiring and selling and distributing cocaine, pure <laughs> white cocaine, the peak of cocaine, the eighties. And like, this is like set in the future. And I'm like, wow, they really thought cocaine was going to last this long. <laughs> it's, dude, it's so true. It's so, uh, it's again, like you said, it's, it's near future or dystopian future, but it's yes. so much of that era. It's yes. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, jokes on both you guys. It's not cocaine; it's speed cane. What is that? What it's called? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. I I thought you. <laughs> I thought I missed a major plot point. In <laughs> yeah, hey. listen, I'm not at all disappointed at your guys' reaction because I was expecting a laugh. Both of you at the same time went, "What?" <laughs> speed cane. This isn't cocaine. This is future cocaine. Future. <laughs> At least it's not called space cocaine. Space <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> this is genetically modified. <laughs> that would be amazing. Hilarious. But let's unpack this uh, dystopian uh, corporation uh, that creates these mech warriors. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Blake, I feel like you are biting at the bit to talk about these guys, especially yeah. the mustache twirling villain. <laughs> I love these guys. They're so, they're all like peons and they're all cutting each other to try to get to the top. Right. Oh, yeah. It's, it's ruthless, uh, corporate, you know, climb ladder climbing, I guess it's ruthless. Yes. Corporate ladder climbing is the word I'm trying to say the phrase. <laughs> and <laughs> for me, it's so, it's so funny because it's very it's very over the top. But you, this is what you imagine when like you you think of like major corporations today, like uh, Amazon. You think people are you know they're just kind of trying to get to the top, regardless of anybody or anything going on. They present, uh, getting in a little bit to the plot, they present this new officer, this mechanical robotic weaponized officer. I forget mm-hmm. the exact what it means, but it's the Ed two hundred nine, um, and it's perfect in the way that it sucks <laughs> it is it's a terrible piece of equipment that doesn't work and it gets shown to this boardroom and everybody's scared they're creating these things but they're all scared of it because they never have to deal with it and of course ed 209 uh murders one of their <laughs> eons in the most brutal fucking squib filled way it's it's wonderful the best and, part um, of that scene by the way is when someone goes medic <laughs> yeah exactly he's dead dude exactly <laughs> And it doesn't work. And then they're like, cool, um, let's sell it anyway. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. You're confirming all my beliefs about major corporations <laughs> with this. And so they are very caricature-esque. But throughout, they all have a lot of things to say. There's one right. character who is the the kind of antithesis of this. He's like, oh, should we be doing this? Is that right? You don't want to mess with this guy. He'll cut you down. And um, and that guy just gets shit on the whole time. You know, they're like, they're like, no, whatever, whatever. You're not going to get ahead at any right. point in your life because um, right. you have to cut people down to get anywhere. And then that is proven when mm-hmm. people get cut down. They actually do go somewhere in this corporate version. Yeah. Um, I can't say it pays off because we're not there in the plot yet, but. <laughs> well, well blows, 
What blows my mind with that scene? Like, before I even watched this movie, I've known about that scene. I've known about that guy getting blown away at the board <laughs> yeah. meeting, but I didn't know the context. And then watching this, I'm like, they had the oversight. I don't know if it even was oversight. Maybe it was just a hubris of this like company where they thought, like, this is a great idea. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're going to demonstrate the full capacity of this uh, mech warrior type looking thing where, like, he has live ammo. <laughs> in in his guns at a board meeting we're just showing this thing off like look how awesome this thing is we're gonna start selling this thing it has live ammunition and like the dude like gets blown away like has like his desert eagle out and he's like pointing at the thing <laughs> disarm disarms I said disarm oh shit it's not working <laughs> and he gets fucking killed <laughs> gets obliterated you bring up such a good point, too, because it's in, like, this really brightly lit office room. Like, they didn't go to, like, a gun range or anything. Like, to bring this fucker up 50 stories and have him march into the boardroom where everybody's having donuts and coffee. And it just blows him away. And people, and the first thing is like, oh, man, this is going to set us back weeks. <laughs> wow, look at this. Great, great job, Jensen. Uh, wait a minute. It's, what's happening right now? <laughs> Oh my god! Like if like this scene was something out of Office Space, where like yes. you had like mm-hmm. these, it's, it's just a mundane board meeting where they're showing off the brand new product, and then fucking one of the board members gets blown away. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And, and to to increase that like mund mundanity, I don't know if that's the word. <laughs> it it is so flatly lit. It's just so boring looking. Yes, like yeah. I feel oh, like my yeah. eyes almost glaze over when they when you see scenes in this. Mm-hmm. When you see scenes like this in 80s movies or whatever, it's just like, oh, God, I'm bored. It just looks so boring and gray and drab. And then they, you know, murder a guy. So that <laughs> yeah. was exciting. But, yeah, it's it's a, it's a wild scene and a perfect setup, too, for the world we're about to get into. Right. It's completely this completely brutalized world where, like, you know, like. Like, like like we said earlier, like their response to high crime rate is just to kill all the criminals instead of like, you know, incarcerating them or like creating like social programs. No, it's just like, let's fucking kill everybody. Um, that'll solve the problem. Um, so it's like we have this authoritarian uh, society and we have Red from that 70s show uh, leading this like paramilitia uh, crime group to sell speed cocaine. Um, <laughs> and our main character Murphy crosses him and he gets brutally killed like I was I shocked with, with the gore uh, in this scene like like we had like the setup where like this guy gets killed in a board meeting like he's like getting shot but like seeing Murphy get his hand completely blown away oh, his like all his limbs getting <laughs> shot off I'm like whoa this is a kids movie <laughs> Same movie, so in action figures. <laughs> I mean, how many times is Murphy going to get shot before he even is like, all right, I'll lay down. <laughs> you know? Right. You, they literally blow all, except for one arm, uh, they blow right. all his limbs off. And uh, I mean, thank goodness for him, they didn't shoot him in the face. Uh, but he's he's shot like 3,000 times. <laughs> and it's just, everybody's laughing. <laughs> and they leave him. It's it's wild, but it's it's it was still shocking. Like I knew it was coming, but watching it again, it was still shocking. Like the way it's <laughs> yeah. shot is is you, you know you're kind of laughing at the goofiness of it a little bit, but it's startling. It's a startling image still. Well, it's, it's funny. We've watched enough of the you know '80s movies where I expected the gore, 
But even still, when it happened, I was oh, okay, that's happening now. <laughs> it just keeps going, too. It doesn't stop in, like, I'm like, why isn't he dead? <laughs> like, any normal person, maybe that's be why he becomes RoboCop. Like, <laughs> he would be fucking dead. Like, after, like, the maybe the first blast or the second blast, he'd be fucking dead. So right. dead. Right. But then they completely resurrect him, and they turn him into this machine like how fucked up is it so like as the movie continues like they um justify their actions uh this uh tech company or whatever they are this corporation uh like okay the the ed 20 was it ed ed 09 ed ed yeah okay i was right i should just went with my gun ed 209 <laughs> doesn't work but we have this other project well now we have the perfect test subject for this so it's kind of like this like fucked up uh uh, Captain America program. Where it's like we're gonna create a <laughs> we're gonna create a super soldier uh, against the will of like this dead guy. Like, oh, he's dead. He served, you know, his contracts up because you know he he's dead. Like he he, he lived it to, to the end. So now we're gonna bring him back and turn him into the super soldier. So it's kind of like, um, have you guys played Halo? You probably have. Yeah. It's been a long time, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was getting like Master Chief vibes where it's like, okay, we have like this this human, which we're going to unpack a little bit later, uh, this human encased in this like tank-like material where he becomes like <laughs> this unstoppable force uh, to kill the enemy. And so they're doing that with him and they're completely stripping away all of his humanity uh, by putting on the suits. And like you said uh, earlier, Blake, um, he had one arm left. <laughs> Yeah. And they, they, they preserved it. And then what happened after that? <laughs> they said, our, you know what? Take that shit off, too. <laughs> <laughs> our, old, our old friend, Bob, uh, he, he decided, no, no. We said no arms. Cut the arm <laughs> off. They're like, sir, we saved it. He's like, no, the fuck that. Cut it off. <laughs> uh, and they do. And we, we get yeah. to see this whole uh, transition from, you know, Dead Murphy to RoboCop mm -hmm. uh, from his POV. It, like, comes in and out. And I think this is some of the most fascinating filmmaking in this movie because mm -hmm. we have to experience these like like coming in and out of like consciousness and yeah. uh, being unable to do anything. And you see people are celebrating and they're like, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. And they're talking to him, but knowing he can't really respond yet. And so we have to feel ourselves get used just like, yes, you know, Murphy is as well. And it's 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 kind of like played for laughs. Some parts are like played for laughs, but it's startling and it's kind of disturbing. I would, like part, uh, I would Sorry, say the most disturbing part. I would say the most disturbing part is when she kisses him right on his eye camera, like, oh, yes. <laughs> like someone. Imagine someone kissing you around your fucking eyeball. Ah, hey, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, her character is very interesting. The the essentially the product manager of this whole operation. Yes. Um, like that entire team is is wild, but like, yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, we're no longer the spectators of this movie. We are now the person in the suit. Yeah. We are, it's, it's, we're seeing it through his eyes, which then become our eyes as the viewer. So it's right. like, we're no longer the spectator watching this happen. We are, uh, having this be done towards us. And it's like, it, it feels weird. It's like, wow. It's like, I'm losing my humanity by watching this movie. Because yeah. it's like, I'm no longer watching RoboCop. I am RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true, though, because they kind of present him, like I said, as like generic cop guy who gets his yeah. limbs blown off. And mm -hmm. then through that transformation into RoboCop, you're put in his 
shoes or his visor, whatever, <laughs> and you are you're forced into his position. So you kind of they kind of humanize him through your own eyes, mm. and you have to feel feel that with him. And yes. so I, I found that very interesting. That's what pulled me in emotionally, and I think Dave can attest to this. I find myself uh, attaching to fil- films for our podcast that emotionally mm-hmm. hit me more oh, yeah. than maybe some of the technical things. <clears throat> um, and this really got me. Oh yeah. He, he definitely attaches the, the more emotional uh, aspects of these movies. Um, and that to me was more off putting and uncomfortable where I was like, Ugh, I don't, I don't like this view. Can we go back to third person or something? Third person. <laughs> I didn't sign up for a first-person shooter. I want third person. <laughs> Thought this was a role-playing game. <laughs> but I mean, it, it is unnerving. You're right, Dave. Like it, it's so. It's ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Without that scene, I don't think the movie would have been elevated to where it ends up going down the road with like Murphy's journey and like his cathartic end uh, at the end of the film. Like if if we didn't have that POV sequence, I don't think we would have had the emotional weights that would have paid off later in the movie. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And a lot of the little mannerisms and stuff that he kind of shows in the beginning of the film, when you see those kind of start to edge their way back through and i know we'll get there uh we we feel that i don't know you feel that on an emotional level just some of these little things that um uh, are insisted upon and like kind of edge their way in um uh, peter weller is the actor right who plays murphy slash robocop and you think he's perfect for this part uh because of some of these these little motions and the way he can play robocop yeah uh, when he's full transformation it's great well, it's funny because you you were talking about the uh, we see these things come back in and you start to feel like oh awesome. All I kept thinking is like, man, their programming sucks. <laughs> man, that was good for 1987. Yeah, that was top of the line, man. Well, yeah, but also, isn't it in the future? So yeah. <laughs> this is why Dave and I uh, don't agree on our podcast ever. <laughs> I mean tangent on that like i just love like the 80s uh when they look towards the future like that because it's like it's it's not at all accurate but it's like it paints such an interesting like picture of like this analog futuristic aesthetic where it's like there's still like buttons and shit and like the the (laughs) screens are like you know 2d there's no like 3d (laughs) rendering on anything it's kind of like star wars where it's like this is set in the future but it's like 
like almost like I don't want to say steampunky, but like just kind of like there's like diesel oozing in between the technology. I just love it. I know I'm a big fan of um, in sci-fi movies, especially from the 80s, uh, light wall, light, light slash button wall. You know, there's that, always that wall. In the yes. back, it's like flashing lights and people are pushing buttons, but nothing's ever labeled. I love that shit. <laughs> Give me that all day. It's like the old school computers. It's like, what what function does it serve? I don't know, but it looks cool. <laughs> it looks awesome. <laughs> and we're a movie, so let's do this thing. More of that. Yeah, I did always, uh, in the 80s movies, I did notice how they they are trying to imagine what the future looks like and never once thought maybe buttons will be a thing of the past. <laughs> right. it is a tough right. concept i guess if if you don't know uh and there's not much touch screen stuff whatever i guess it'd be hard just like we're making sci-fi movies now that are gonna look really really stupid to us <laughs> in 30 years so try, i try to keep that in mind <laughs> right because like who would have thought that we would have an electronic swiss army knife in our pocket? exactly that's a phone a computer a video game goes on the internet, so, like it does, like literally everything. A, com- a calculator, uh, an encyclopedia, <laughs> like it's everything. it's everything. It's uh, it is kind of like dystopian in a way. Uh, yes. maybe that's just how my mind is wired. But like it, <laughs> you know, these things that we have in our pocket can do everything, mm-hmm. but they can also take us down. You never know. <laughs> that's that's a movie that should be written. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like uh, even just back as as not as far, but uh, a short distance away as 2003. I had a friend that didn't believe that we would ever have video calls. So like, really, right? Yeah, my my oldest friend I've known since, since I was seven years old. We were in eighth grade, and I had my first Nokia brick cell phone. You know, where all you yeah. use it for was Snake. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was playing on it. I was like, dude, can you imagine one day we're gonna have video calls? And he's like, no, we're not. <laughs> like, wow! Okay. No imagination. Does he still have a landline? I just <laughs> yeah. He strictly uses floppy disks. <laughs> wow! A three D model of the save button. <laughs> <laughs> there are people now that have no idea what like a floppy disk is, or mm-hmm. like I, I or try even, not like, to think about it too phone. much because I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for that existential crisis yet. <laughs> It's coming, man. It's coming. It's coming. Dude, you want to talk here? You want to talk existential crisis? You talk uh, starting off the in West Philadelphia, and everyone looks at you like, "What is that?" I'm like, what are oh you no, doing? you don't know that. That's the Fresh Prince. The what now? I gotta leave. I oh, you mean <laughs> Bel Air, the Peacock original series? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's with uh, Will Smith back in the nineties. Will Smith, the guy that slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy yeah he was a rapper a rapper what <laughs> oh my god we're off the rails <laughs> yeah we do that that's what you get with us sorry <laughs> we're terrible so getting back on the rails uh, mm-hmm. with robocop like yeah like the way um uh, peter weller walked like super robotic like he oh, amazing. embodied that role of robocop like you could oh, like I just love okay so like we had that POV uh, sequence that like humanized the character that showed that there's still a human left in that uh, machine yeah. and like as he's like going through his propaganda tour like he's like in full like robot mode uh, until like later in the film where he gets flashbacks and they're tastefully done where it's like mm-hmm. the human 
that's still within mm-hmm. um, that body is still there. And it's like he's, he's coming out. It's like even though you try to strip away all that makes him human through his body, his arms, his legs, right. his, his organs, what makes him human is still in there, encased mm-hmm. in that metal body. It's just oh, it's so uh, poignant uh, in this movie. It really is, man. And like they have that sequence where he's he goes to sleep in like a cell, a uh, jail cell almost yeah. at the at the precinct. He's mm-hmm. like, he powered down. <laughs> but he, he starts having dreams like is his brain is working. It's overpowering the, you know, the memory wipe they did on him. Mm-hmm. And he's having dreams of his, his wife and his son. And he's just and he gets up and he goes off. Uh, he's <laughs> off script. He's off program and he does his own thing. But it's played in such a way that. In, in terms of how it's shot and edited together, it's, it's really jarring, which we feel that and we can feel that for him. These like jarring things happen to him and him becoming self-aware again. And it really, really hits home and like having memories and it puts you in that space. Like, what if I woke up, you know, or just came back into consciousness and like I'm remembering my life and all that stuff's gone now. That and my limbs are all gone. Everything's gone. <laughs> and... <laughs> And now, you know, he it kind of sets him on his his new path. He's only like the robot version of Robocop, the unhuman version of Robocop right. for a short time before he starts having these dreams. And what makes him human starts to take back over even the robot part, which is really right. cool. Very awesome. How do you feel about that, Dave? Um, a lot of words. Uh, a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did. That part really, uh, I actually made a note about it when I was watching that part especially um, kind of spoke to me about the, you know, the power of the human mind or the downfall, I guess, because, mm. uh, you know, he he overrode his uh, state-of-the-art programming and uh, brought back, he, he basically brought himself back from the literal grave, but also metal yeah. grave, which was so, actually really cool. So... I have to ask, uh, Blake, it sounds like you watched the 2012 version of RoboCop a while ago. Uh, Dave, did you see the remake when that came out or, or did it just, you no. were not interested? Mm-mm. No, I, uh, I did not. I try not to see too many remakes, uh, but sometimes I don't realize I'm watching a remake. So that happens. That, happens. that does happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so okay so let me just unpack this a little bit so i saw the 2012 robocop in 2012 never watch it ever again but there's <laughs> one scene that just stood out to this day because it low-key fucked me up so like <laughs> <laughs> when uh robocop pre-robocop uh in the remake it gets like blown up by like a car bomb or something and they're putting them back together. We're going to make RoboCop. Kind of like the $600 man. To be fair, RoboCop is the $600 version of the $6 million man. <laughs> oh, my God. Beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, so, when, so when they're putting this dude back together, so... Uh, they they encase him in this like super futuristic like looking uh, kind of like RoboCop but like the iPhone version kind of like uh, <laughs> the the first order troopers how they look like little iPods compared to the old stormtroopers in the Star <laughs> yeah. Wars. Um, so they're taking away his armor and it shows like what was left and he's like conscious and he's like seeing this happen before his eyes. All that was left was like his hand, I think his heart, maybe a lung, and he's like reacting to it 
uh, he's like, oh my God, there's nothing left. Uh, he's like traumatized. So I'm watching this. I'm like, holy fucking shit. What the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> With this 1980s version, none of that happens. Yeah, it's no. the same sequence where it's like, there's literally nothing left of this dude. It's just his face and probably that's it. Um, <laughs> us as the viewer watching this happen, like through the POV shots and then like throughout the entire film, we come to that realization like, oh my God, there's nothing left. It's happening internally within our minds right. as we're watching this. It's tastefully done while the remake's like, the user, not the user, the viewer is not going to get it. We have to over explain everything. Like, it's studio meddling right before my eyes right yep. now. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's true. Like, Paul Verhoeven, we talked about this with Total Recall as well. He trusts his audience to think for themselves and to like absorb what's being put in front of them, which I think is the hallmark of great filmmaking. Uh, We talked about this on an episode with Total Recall and and we did Inception as well. Christopher Nolan does a lot of the same things with his concepts. He'll present it to you and he just expects the audience to trust him and go with it. And I think that pays off, especially here with RoboCop. You let it happen, you absorb it, and you can take this film on multiple levels if you want. But if you're really wanting to dive in, that stuff's there for you. I would the say version. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I would say just a quick little aside before you get the, you say about the twenty twelve version. I would say the only difference in my brain between Christopher Nolan and <clears throat> Paul Verhoeven is that Christopher Nolan seems to be like fucking good luck, and Paul Verhoeven <laughs> actually does trust his audience because he thinks they're smart. Okay, I yes. I, I understand that. I I I respect that. For the 2012 version of RoboCop, I, I same with you. I saw it once, and I kind of don't really remember it until you spoke about it a little bit. It's kind of like if they, like, hey, let's let's make RoboCop, but like, let's just assume everybody's stupid and <laughs> show everything, but be deeply rather. Let's hold everybody's hand through this whole thing. Yeah, and I don't remember right. it much other than it just being kind of more just action yes. focused. Like it, mm-hmm. it, I didn't feel like it had any of the layers. Not that I knew much about the remembered much of the original robocop but it just felt so bland yeah um it didn't feel like it had anything to say necessarily generic sci-fi thriller movie with mm-hmm. robot man isn't this cool guys <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a guy that shoots people and he's a robot <laughs> wow and then oh my god like there there's a human left in there isn't that isn't that amazing audience I'm going to tell you all about it it's in these exposition dumps while well, the 80s version is like we're we're on a ride and the director is like showing us things he's visually showing us uh you know, the story that he wants to evoke to us. And that is so much more effective because like, I hate the sentiment that, Oh, we need to dumb down the movie. People aren't going to get it. People are going to get it. Yeah. They're going to get it. No one. If you're watching a film, if you're taking time to sit down and watch a movie, you're going to get the story. Right. Oh, right. No, no, no matter what you're going to get it. And that's the, the issue that I, I find the major criticism I have with a lot of movies is it's just, it's so let me hold your hand. Let me tell you everything you should know about this. It leaves no wonder, no thought after it's like you finish the movie and like your brain is just (laughs) done with it. Like I don't, when I don't remember movies, it's, it's a lot because of that, because I get nothing after it. And I think the staple of a good film leaves you thinking about it. It leaves a little something, whether it's mystery, whether it's certain character things or questions you may have about it. I think that's what, makes things stick with me and that's what makes them memorable or impactful exactly like this film 
honestly, it doesn't even feel, I mean, other than the aesthetics and like overall mm-hmm. storytelling, it doesn't feel like it's from the eighties. It doesn't feel like this is like, you know, a 30 year old movie or a 40 year old movie. Like right. it feels right. like something that would be made today. Uh, 100% with like, agreed. maybe not like a, a major, uh, film studio but like an, an awesome independent one like neon or brute mm-hmm. or uh oh, sure. 24 like totally they would make this fucking movie and uh the the independent scene would be like this is amazing this is like <laughs> this is so groundbreaking it says so much wow war profiteering Wait. is bad <laughs> <laughs> Blake would see this movie and be like wow what a what a dramatic think piece. Robot Man is great. I mean, Robot Cop, the movie, is great. <laughs> and then so Dave would wonderful. see this movie and be like, that was a, that was a Robot Cop there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow, isn't that crazy? Anyways. <laughs> half man, half robot. And a cop. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> Damn, he's a machine and he has feelings. Fuck. All right, anyways. <laughs> I'm telling you. You don't have to over-explain things. You don't need to hold the audience's hand. People are going to take what they want uh, from this movie. Mm-hmm. You give what you want, and then you receive what you want. Like mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to give a little to receive a little. And if you're giving <laughs> your time and energy to watch uh, a director tell his story, like this is the story I want to, to tell. These are the lessons that I want to evoke to my audience. They're going to pick up on that. You don't have to sit there and be like over-explain everything because then – like you said, Blake, like, yeah, I got it, but I'm not going to carry it with me because, like, it's, it's boring, didn't engage me, wasn't thought-provoking. Yeah. It's like you're just – it's lazy. It's lazy right. filmmaking. And with yeah. RoboCop 1987, it was not lazy filmmaking. It, 100%. It was, it was ahead of its time in many ways. Oh, for sure. For really? sure. You, you get it, but you also feel it. I like that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to get into a major theme of the movie before we get into like uh, the ending with uh, Murphy's character. So like you touched upon it with like the the political subtext with RoboCop. I want to get into it. Um, there's a lot that, to be said uh, about this movie. And like right in the beginning of the movie, like one, I didn't know it was a satire. And I was like, oh, they're poking a lot of jabs <laughs> at American society, right? Especially in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, Blake, would you like to unpack that, uh, your observations with that? Well, I wasn't around for the Reagan era, but this is <laughs> very much uh, an anti-Ronald Reagan kind of yeah. film, right? is very police oriented, very like uh, authoritarian in its approach. And uh, also this is like late stage capitalism personified. It's, it's so much like, Hey, privatize all this stuff. Like we get a bunch of private prisons and stuff nowadays. That's, what's the scariest thing about this movie. I think is how much I mentioned this before, how much nothing's really changed and how we're still kind of having these fights and how in terms of policies uh, over policing things, it's it's never panned out and um well, in american society in american society it's yet to really pan out when uh people are the prisons are full of people and yeah. all these things and all we're doing is piling more charges on people for small things we're not rehabilitating people we're just throwing them in jail or killing yeah. them and right. and it's such an indictment on that culture because by taking that situation and essentially making a caricature of it and mm-hmm. pushing it to its logical boundaries 
I think we really can get a sense of where that world can take us, even from a small place of like arming more police with more, you know, gadgets or military equipment. Mm -hmm. You can start to see through a movie like this how that can spiral out of control, depending on who's in charge, depending on the goodwill of the officers. There's a strike involved in this movie, uh -huh. too. The officers right. are going on strike. It's a, a workers' rights kind of thing. And mm -hmm. where do you strike the balance of, like, compensating and keeping your officers equipped versus um, your, the, the, impact of your, the impact of your city and its community? You know, it's replacing them, putting more militarized things or whatever. Because we see when they do go on strike, the police officers, that is, the city goes apeshit. <laughs> immediately into chaos yes. immediately it's a post-apocalyptic nightmare <laughs> yes uh, so, people with so, sniper rifles that have explosive <laughs> rounds on them that blow up entire buildings with one shot <laughs> and, and i think that is interesting too where it's like they don't just take the the uh the craziness of like oh what happens when you know the police have too much stuff they also say what happens when there's no police at all right and and they're like everybody's gonna start breaking each other in half and taking all the tvs and shit <laughs> yes. so so i do think it is uh, it has a point of view but i think it gives you that kind of dichotomy of, of both sides in a way yes yeah like this film like i said before it was ahead of its time because like during the 80s we did not have the militarization of the police yet like right. that happened around the year 2000. Um, so it's like the the director, Paul Verhoeven, like he saw the blood in the water. Like, oh. I don't know if I don't know how, but like he saw like it's like this. It's going to unfold like this. Maybe like not to the nth degree that he satirized it, like with uh, mm -hmm. the police having like armored men that right. uh, fucking kill criminals like um Around the year 2000, you had uh, the West Hollywood shooter. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with that event, but like yeah. they had two dudes armed in Kevlar mm -hmm. with uh, mm -hmm. assault rifles shooting cops that barely had body armor and they had yeah. like revolvers. And it's like, how the fuck are you going to stop these guys? <laughs> like, like they had like helicopters shooting them and it's like the bullets are just bouncing off their armor. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So like because of that, that's when the military and uh, not the military. Freudian slip. The police <laughs> militarized. They started having like APC uh, vehicles and like right. yeah. uh, freaking grenade launchers and like you know full uh, like M4 variant guns. And it's like that's when it happened. And it's like, did the director of RoboCop see this happening? Like, it, it's right. it's crazy. It's like it's like wow, this is like a vision of the future. It's like he was like, hey, watch out for this because it will happen. Oh, guess what? It happened. <laughs> yeah, it happened 30 years later. And and this is exactly what we're talking about. This is a hot topic. And mm -hmm. it should be because police, police officers and police precincts have tanks and shit. Yeah, and why like, do you have tanks? Why do you have a tank? What are you doing? <laughs> and, Control. you know, it's it's stuff that we should talk about. And uh, and that's why I do wish this movie was made this way today, because that is a, mm -hmm. that's a conversation. Honestly, if this movie were to be rebooted again, we're getting a video game soon that has oh. the aesthetic of the 1987 film. It looks pretty fucking awesome. You don't you don't know about it? You don't know about it, Blake? I have no I know. I I have no idea. They about just this. they just premiered like the trailer at E3 um and it looks fucking sick. And I think they're making a Terminator game too. I don't know if it's the same no studio, kidding. but like they're making a fucking oh, RoboCop game. Um it looks amazing. Yes. 
<laughs> like I'm on board. I'm blow away the cocaine dealers. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, speak of If they have Red come back as a little character in the game, that would be fucking amazing. They have to. Oh, like take my money, the ultimate moment. Just here. Shut what up do you and want? Take my Blank money. check. <laughs> Just give it to me now. Um so but like I think if this movie were to be remade today, it would it would you know, go full into those uh, themes because like they're totally relevant now. Like we have oh. like, there's a lot of distrust uh, towards law enforcement. There's a lot of distrust towards corporations. It's like, mm-hmm. we see like, for example, corporations, like we know what you're doing. Right. Like, <laughs> right. You're pretending that you care, but ultimately you're doing this to make more money. Like, oh, what, what's the, what's the other reason to do this stuff? Like it's to make money. Um, so it's like, we have corporations run amok. We have uh, privatization of, like like you said, um, of prisons. And, like, I don't know if you know this, Dave. You probably know this. We have the largest prison population in yep. the planet. Mm-hmm. We don't have the largest population in the planet. Nope. nope. So it's like, hmm. It's a reflection of society. Like, oh, yeah. This, this film, RoboCop, is definitely kind of like Black Mirror before Black Mirror. Straight I feel up, like that's a great comparison. Hundred percent. I feel like uh, honestly, if it were made today, it would get simultaneously an equal amount of love and admiration and hate and consternation. <laughs> kind of like the Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say which side of that I'm on. Uh. <laughs> I, I I love how if if this were made today. Um, it could be the same exact script presented in the same way, just like new today for us. And be like, man, they really made wo- RoboCop woke now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd be the same script. Like, oh, this is just garbage. They just turned RoboCop, our, our old speed co-killing friend, <laughs> into a woke nightmare, I guess. It's this just, is it's awful. Wild. When did RoboCop become woke? Nineteen eighty-seven. Everything's so political now. <laughs> like, Wait. Always has been. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like that meme with the two astronauts and the ones like pointing the gun at the other one. It's like, wait, this is political? Always has been. Always has been. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. All right, guys. Let's get off the fence with a few yes. questions about RoboCop. So, you know, at the end of the film, we had this cathartic moment with uh, Murphy where he realizes that he is human. And he has feelings, and it's like, you know, I'm not going to lie, I cried during that scene, where it's like he's, like, sitting down, he takes off the helmet for the first time, revealing that he has a face, revealing that he's human, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And he's asking about his wife, like, oh, like, what happened to her? Because he goes back to his home, and it's it's gone, it's, it's right. empty, his family's out there. So I'm going to propose this question to you. I know there's a sequel to RoboCop, I didn't watch it. <laughs> How can you top this movie? You can't, it's a cash grab. So, thematically... Do you think RoboCop Murphy found his family? I don't know if RoboCop necessarily found his family per se, but I think he found his place more than anything. Mm. He found his purpose, and I think purpose can lead to family. So, it, so in a way, yes, he found a place through gaining his own like cognizance back, essentially mm. through becoming okay. like re- through rediscovering himself. I think that found him his place and now he's in a place to 
really adopt his family, find a family, a mm-hmm. place where he he truly fits in. And at the right. very least, he found a new girl to Robo Bang. So, hey, <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> We're terrible. Well, I think you're both right. So... <laughs> <laughs> like he he did find a new family. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't I don't want to make this comparison. It's kind of like Fast and the Furious. It's about family. <laughs> We're family. Like he found yes! his new <laughs> Oh shit. Said, said the magic horrible words. Oh no. <laughs> I will I will keep it real din. I will keep it real din. But I don't have friends. I have family. <laughs> do you have a Do you have a tattoo of uh, uh what's his name? Don Don Dom, Toretto. Dominic. Dom Toretto. Toretto excuse me. <laughs> Not yet. I don't. <laughs> oh no! Don't get my ideas, man. Come on. <laughs> Hans, Paul Walker. <laughs> oh, Paul Walker. I will say I don't want to get too off the rails again, but uh, Paul uh, Paul Walker is one of two celebrities that I cried when they died. I don't blame you. I feel you, man. I feel you. I don't like the Fast and the Furious. I like the first one. <laughs> Listen, it's I like the first one because I'm a big car guy, but everyone after that, I have to. It's been getting, I've been stretched thinner and thinner <laughs> on uh, explaining why I like it. Now this uh, <laughs> last this last one, I'm like, all right, well, I tried. <laughs> I have I had a I'm, I'm gonna get off this tangent soon, but like I had a friend that like subjected me, and that's the correct word for these films. <laughs> Because, like, I watched the first one. I was like, this is pretty awesome. This is pretty cool. That's kind of like a gearhead movie. And then, like, with the second one, I'm like, oh, this isn't as good. And then eventually (laughs) they're throwing cars off of buildings. They're throwing this giant wrecking ball to hit the other cars. I'm like, oh, my God. What the hell? Once The Rock showed up, it turned into, like, a crime movie. And I'm like, huh? I thought this was about racing. Why they... What the hell happened? <laughs> you thought wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly did. Getting back to Robocop. Yeah, like Yeah, he found he found a new purpose in life because like he thought he had his purpose. Like, you know, there's there's camaraderie, there's brotherhood, uh, even though his partner is a woman. Like there's uh a sense of family and uh camaraderie uh between officers and like that's exemplified in the beginning of the film. And then like it's perverted because it's like, you have like this robot killer and it's like the fraternity of the police is non-existent because it's like they're enforcing their will through, uh, kind of like an iron fist, literally, uh, against the populace. And then by the end of the film, uh, Murphy gets his humanity back because like he, he doesn't have the cowl anymore. He doesn't look like a metal Batman. Like he, it's just, (laughs) It's just his face. So mm-hmm. it's like once like he took off the helmet, he it's kinda like he returned. It's kind of the return of the king. Yeah. Like he came back and like at the end the ending shots where he like looks almost directly at the camera, he's like, My name's Murphy. Like, <laughs> yes. What's what's your name, officer? Murphy. <laughs> Fade to black. And I'm like, This is so eighties, I love it. <laughs> so cheesy. But it's it's thematically amazing. So like he Yes. Totally. He found a new family. Rather, he found his actual family. He found a new uh, purpose in life, and that's Mm -hmm. to truly serve uh, the public and protect the public. So it's like, you know, cool. Like, full full arc. Didn't expect that from a a movie with a robot police officer. (laughs) And you mentioned the the thing I really, 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 really love about this movie is uh, when he's like, you know, 
name's Murphy. And it just cuts. It's just done. That's the end of the movie. That's all you need. Everything's done. It doesn't give you this like long drawn out epilogue or anything. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. We're done telling the story. Cut to credits. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. No fat on that baby. If it was Go a on. if it was a Dave directed movie, I would have thrown in one more line where he where they're like, "What's your name, Officer Murphy? Do you mind putting the uh, the thing back on? You kind of <laughs> kind of scaring, scaring everybody." It's <laughs> <laughs> um, scaring us, kid. <laughs> you know, if it was made, okay, if Marvel made it, they would totally have that. Be oh, like totally. the, the ending line. Totally. It's gotta have That's it a like a little quip move. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Murph. Time to put that hat back on. Like they are freaking me out. Like... <laughs> Cut the crap. Dun, dun, dun. Directed by <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> and then like the end credit will like pan up from like uh the wreckage and it's like red from that seventies show. Like, oh, <laughs> fucking dumbass fade to black that's it <laughs> Marvel logo Marvel's Robocop <laughs> amazing uh, oh so good I mean they're so, remaking so Blade like if they had oh, the rights true. to Robocop they, they would be in the you know phase 7 of uh, Marvel <laughs> oh my god alright so comparison no not even comparison Fuck that, because 2012 sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, honestly, like, do you think this movie holds up today? I think we answered that. But, yeah, oh yeah. Dave, I'll start with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I was going to say uh, that m maybe the gore is a little bit off-putting, but then again, I remembered I watched a movie called Saw. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, no, I would think it absolutely holds up, and... As a person who's who you know is just recently in my thirties, getting into movies like this, I would say I enjoyed it very much. Sweet, yeah, and I think for me, we've talked about this a bunch already. It definitely holds up. You can enjoy this on multiple levels, and that's what makes it really great and engaging. If you want to see some insane like blood and gore and violence, you got it. If you want a good like near future sci fi action film, you got it. And if you want some biting satire, and you also hate Ronald Reagan, movies for you. <laughs> You know, I had a, oh my God. So I have a friend and I don't know what we were watching, but like it took some pot shots at uh, Reagan and he genuinely said, wait, I thought everyone liked Reagan. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, it, we were reading the stand. We were reading oh. the stand and the stand, the book is set in the eighties uh -huh. and like Reagan is not cast in a good light. Fucking Stephen King hated Reagan. Um, he likened him to like so. Like, have you have you seen The Stand or like heard it's of The Stand? It's been a long time, but yeah, yeah. Okay, like a super flu like kills off like most of the human population, and wow. during the fall of America, you have Ronald Reagan, as described by the news in this fictional universe, mm -hmm. just like Hitler in the final days of the war. Oh, Reagan has. <laughs> hid away in his bunker along with the, the upper elites of our American government. I'm like, oh, my Jesus God. shit. Yeah. One, two, punch. Boom. Against Reagan. <laughs> and that's when my friend was like, I thought everyone liked Reagan. I'm like, no. <laughs> you had a president that thought he can defeat Russia in a hot thermonuclear war. Yeah. Oh, God. That we can out-nuke <laughs> them. It's like, excuse me? <laughs> 
Did we learn nothing from war games? Better not to right, play. Exactly. <laughs> I need you to look up Iran Contra for me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I totally think this film holds up today. I've seen so many 80s movies that I'm like, this is awesome because it's like 80s. I have an affinity towards the 80s. There's like a charm to it. Um, yeah. But like a lot of them don't hold up. They feel dated. They feel yeah. old. With RoboCop, like, yeah, it has like an older aesthetic, but like mm. it feels fresh. And like that's a hallmark of a great film that it feels yeah. timeless. Like I could you know, f- almost 40 years later, I'm still enjoying this film. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yep. it's it holds up. It's entertaining. First of all, it's an, it's an entertaining movie. And it yeah. says something, and it it just looks awesome. And this film is all that. So, like, totally thinks I totally think it holds up today. Like, it's oh, an, yeah, it's I a agree. great movie. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It really does. So, my final question for you two, which I think I know all the answers, would you recommend RoboCop nineteen eighty seven to a friend? Dave. Oh, me. I'll go first. Yeah. Um. I would definitely recommend it. Um, and I, w- I was going to say I'd have to know my audience, but I think it would be more fun to recommend it to somebody who I know would hate it just because it'd be funny. Uh, <laughs> but who no, would I, this yeah, movie? I, I would who totally would hate this movie? Oh, uh, listen. I know, first of all, I know my parents because it's too bloody. <laughs> it's too bloody. <laughs> okay, that's but a good point. past that, yeah, I'd recommend it. Uh, for me... Uh, I really like Ronald Reagan, so I can't. Uh, I can't recommend this. I'm sorry, it's just too harsh to my boy Ronnie. Uh, it's a no for me. Uh, no, of course, yeah, I absolutely recommend this movie, and I'd recommend it to anybody who who likes genre films, and but also people who maybe like a little more heady things or like um, like more. What is the word? I'm losing my word. Elevated. Already. El- yeah, elevated. Yeah, yeah, genre movies that are elevated as well. Mm-hmm. So, like I said before, you can enjoy this on multiple different levels. So, I think this would touch a lot of people. Um, yeah, people that would not like it would be Dave's parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Would you recommend this movie to its target demo in 1987, children? <laughs> this is a children's yeah. movie. Uh, they gotta grow up to fight the power, man. <laughs> are we supposed to be recommending it to other people? Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, I would totally recommend this movie like if it itches so many scratches or scratches so many itches <laughs> there we go <laughs> um, this movie is so good because like it, it clicks all the boxes like you have an awesome action movie you have a movie that has uh, a plot that like I said, is elevated. It says something about our society. Mm. Uh, and also, it's an entertaining movie. Oh, like, yeah. 100%. If you can't handle gore, don't watch this movie. But, like, <laughs> if you can, like, it's so over the top. Like, it's it's no different than a lot of fucking action movies that I see nowadays. Right. Yeah. Like, it's definitely more bloody. Um, yeah. But, like, it's entertaining. It's an entertaining movie. And I think a lot of people will take away a lot of different things. So it's like, this is almost like a film for almost anybody. Yeah, it's yeah, very rare. I agree with that. Very I rare. I 100% movie. agree with that. Yeah. So, are you ready to close this up? Yeah, totally. Let's do it. 
All right, let's do this. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about RoboCop 1987. Please check it out where it is available. And before we sign off, guys, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been a blast. This was a blast. Like, this was a great conversation. You guys are awesome. And I want people to listen to your show. So where can they find your podcast? You can find our podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We are First Prize Films. We have fin- we have season one finished and out now, and we're working on season two coming to you at the end of September. Very nice. Dave? Yes. Also, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my brain. Dave woke back up. <laughs> I He's back. RoboCop is back. <laughs> um. We, yeah, we we also have all the social media accounts. That's First Prize Pod, and our website is firstprizefilms.com. We actually also stream on Twitch every week too. Oh, very nice. Yes, come hang out and talk shit to Dave. Yes, <laughs> basically what already happens. Oh, that's so sick. Yeah, guys, please check them out. Uh, they're they're a, they're a fun time. And if you'd like to keep this conversation going, the RoboCop conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicate. That's Syndicate on Instagram and Letterboxd. Or join the Discord server where you can catch myself along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this film and others at syndicate.com forward slash Discord. Until next time, stop at school and spend more time watching. Goodbye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.